yeah, I guess we're all looking for that connection, but I think in order to, f- to truly feel that connection with using, utilizing the plant medicines, you have to use them in the right way because the, the molecule and the substance isn't what's going to do it simply just by putting it into your body and putting it into your brain. You have to, <clears throat> you have to approach these, these ancient plant medicines in the same way that these, the ancients use them in their ceremonies, in their rituals, you know? Because like, like the Eleusian Mysteries or um, probably many other things like that, it was a whole, it was a whole like, um, like plan. It was a planned event, you know, to, to connect. And it's not just simply chilling out and smoking some weed. It's, it was this whole, it's like cultivation of energy, it seems like, like a cultivation of just cultivating connection you know that's it's what it is it's like you it's it's the whole process that's involved in it that really brings you to that union with you know the higher power the divine other people whatever you want to call it it's more than just simply um getting high you know yeah and i think like historically it was it was something that was pretty much needed to get by like in you know, back in the tribal times, like they would, I think they would use ritual, like without ritual, they probably, I think they felt kind of lost. And I, and that kind of makes me want to venture into like how it could in a way is like religion, but it's very different. You know, it's, it's just a, a something that we, you know, like church, you know, you go to every Sunday, you feel connected. But I think in this day and age, a lot of, uh, at least in my life, a lot of religion doesn't really, um, allow us to express and be, you know, what we feel we are, or at least speaking for myself. Yeah. I think it's, I think it's interesting. I think religion has really tried to monopolize spirituality and spiritual experiences themselves. Like they, the whole thing is about like having faith. You don't need to really experience it. And all these rituals that they have now are just like kind of acts, you know, like eating of the bread and the, the sacrament it's like you're not actually having an altered mind altered experience it's just having faith in this story yep but i think ancient religions you know the experience was the key what was a key part of it you know and i think if you go back to the beginning of human tribes and society i think uh using altered states of consciousness primarily probably psilocybin in ritualized states once a month or once a year whatever and 50 people to 100 people tribes i think that is how you get really strong, deep connection and culture and language and, uh, and religion. And I wouldn't say, I wouldn't even say it has to be psilocybin. I think almost any, any, um, even herbs that aren't super mind altering can be very strong in in the right setting, a situation experience like that. Yeah. Even just like meditating or just doing some yoga maybe, or like whatever it is, like whatever the practice is to, 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 really disconnect yourself from the default mode network of the mind and kind of like, you know, see on the other side for a little bit. That's what's important. I think, uh, you want to say something, Oliver? I just wanted to say the ritual was meant to bring people to the experience. You know, what you were saying there, Ryan, about how they do the ritual, but the experience is sort of absent. Uh, in ancient times, the ritual was a gateway to the experience and that's what's missing now, right? We've got one half of it but it doesn't lead us to the experience that it was originally designed to bring yeah. us to lead you to the gateway, but you need to unlock the gate somehow. And that's what, you know, that's what these substances or practices are for, 
you know it's the whole package you need the whole package you can't just have half or the other half like you, you need you need the whole entire um ritual you know that's what, how would you guys describe what a ritual is something that you do regularly you know i would say that it is a uh very intentional set of actions that are designed to produce an experience more than the sum of its parts. So like, wow, that was good. Like uh, when you do certain things in a ritualized setting, people will, from the outside will look at it and it won't really have any meaning or purpose to them. But if you're entrenched in it and you've been doing it for a while, subtle things may have immense purpose and the purpose and meaning is really what uh, accentuates or like emphasizes the, the power of the experience. I think with rituals, people talk about intention a lot and they say, oh, think about your intention. I think thinking about intentions is kind of stupid because you can't really see all of, not stupid, but like there's so much that goes into your, what your intention is that you can't adequately say it in like a sentence of like, oh, I want to take this substance to work on this. But with rituals, you can address the intention through the physical surrounding and through your mindset, like, and through the thing, the actions you do, doing certain things in a certain way can produce uh, a more powerful experience or a more uh, focused experience, I guess. Mm. Yeah, I, like we don't really, one thing we, like kind of you're saying, Gary, is that we focus heavily on, what's like going on in the brain, the neurology or biochemistry of like a drug experience, the dosage, that stuff. And we kind of forget about the, what we are doing before, during, and after, like mm. very rarely people will talk about cannabis experience and, and have like a plan for what they're going to do throughout the feeling of the highness. And I think that's the most important part. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, what are you actually doing in those moments after you smoke? Like, that is when, you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot, so to speak. And the actions that you create there will have a a massive effect. But we kind of just disregard it and we just think, okay, I'm high now. I can just do whatever and I'll get the value out of it. And a lot of ways you can. You can just go about your day and you'll still see a lot of value because you'll be seeing things so differently. But if they're if there's like certain things that you really are holding you back in your sober life, a lot of times it's emotions and repressed emotions, things that you're holding on to, hard to get rid of trauma, whatever things from childhood. And in a ritualized setting where you can um, really like allow that emotion to come out, that can be super valuable. Um, yeah. Kind of like what they're doing with PTSD and uh, MDMA, like, you change the setting, you change the association between, between the traumatic memory and where you are now, and it can become an empowering thing rather than a, a hindering thing. Mm. Can you go into that? Do you know exactly what they're doing with MDMA? Um, well, yeah, MAPS is doing a study with MDMA and post-traumatic stress disorder. And I don't know exactly how it goes, but I think uh, the general gist of it is to have them on, when they're on MDMA, relive the experience, tell it to a therapist and kind of go through it. And when they're feel when they don't have the fear response and the traumatic stress response to it, they can feel it and go through it and look at it in a more positive way, feeling more 
associations of like love and forgiveness and gratitude. Mm-hmm. And that can completely change uh, their relation to that experience and therefore their present moment, you know, awareness, I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Man. My understanding is it's essentially therapy with MDMA. You know, we take something that we've already developed the therapy. We know it works, but with PTSD, it's, it's hard to get rid of it with just traditional means. So you add this missing ingredient, the MDMA, which dissolves barriers, uh, induces a sense of like crystal clarity. Like you become so lucid when you're on like pure MDMA that you can look at things that are painful or traumatic without any trepidation. You're completely open to it, accepting of it. Um, you feel just kind of like everything's going to be okay. And it allows you to unpack things that are too painful in sobriety. So, um, yeah, so I, I imagine it's essentially MDMA with therapy and it's having huge, huge, like positive results, better than any other treatment for PTSD that we've ever come up with. So there's something there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Definitely something there. It seems like they just allow us to confront things that are hidden that we don't want to confront, some things that we're afraid of, and they allow us to maybe whether we like it or not, they bring it to the forefront of our mind, confront it and then move on. It allows us to to change our minds to, you know, like Michael Paul and how to change your mind. He wrote that book. That's what it, that's, it allows us to just like make that, that simple switch of perspective of how we see this trauma or whatever happened in the past and then move forward. And it seems like sober, we can obviously all do that. You know, it's all possible. Um, but using these substances such as MDMA, psilocybin, or whatever else they have, they, they're the key, man. Like there's something that allows us to just process change in our brains, draw different neural pathways in our brains that we weren't able to before in such a quick manner. And that's what's really cool about them is they're so effective in such a short amount of time. And they truly heal people, like truly, truly heal people rather than just putting a Band-Aid on some, you know, on the symptoms and just kind of like, you know, come back in a month and get some more pills. It's like this, this process, this, this, um, this new form of therapy, which seems like a ritual in itself is an actual way to heal us of our mental ailments. And for that, man, it's, it's so valuable. And it seems like it's becoming so valuable of a resource for all of humanity to truly um, evolve and heal and be happy that's what it's all about man you know it's awesome it's cool that it's like they're creating rituals through this therapy you know it seems like they're yeah they know how important the whole set and setting thing is they're they're they're, i don't know the specifics i've read some things here and there and just watched some videos but they they know it's it's more so about the energy that you bring to the whole process of psychedelic therapy you know it's it's the whole package it really is and i think it's going to set a new standard for mental health it really is man it's gonna like this it's just gonna be like a a thing in the future where it's just gonna be incorporated for mental health and you know i think it's going to be almost regular where people are going to be going through these certain um certain uh, situations with therapists certain kind of uh procedures with these people and truly heal and you might just need it once or twice or three times and then you're a new person and it sounds crazy at this point like what psychedelics going to be like a regular thing but no i think it's just going to be 
it's like it's kind of like a big deal now it's like the it's the big thing where everybody's talking about like psychedelics and everybody's getting into it and and everybody's trying it but i think in the future it's just going to be like a regular thing it's just going to be like yo you know you just go to therapy take some mushrooms and you're feeling good and uh there'll be no stigma and uh hopefully the world will be a better place because of it but i don't know maybe that's just my idealism speaking but i can see the light at the end of the tunnel for us actually incorporating this into our society and truly healing it's a crazy time to be alive because this is just the beginning this is really just the beginning of this whole revolution for mental health and consciousness essentially it's, it goes deeper than mental health you know it goes way deeper than just trying to be happy and feel a little bit of peace it, it goes into truly uh, expanding our awareness of what it means to be a human being. That's why we heal, because you see, when you go under these these uh, these trips through the mind, you realize like, oh shit, th that problem that I had in my past, that doesn't mean anything, man. Like I'm way greater than what I thought I was, or you know, my life means way more than I thought it did, or you know, why should why do I feel so bad about myself, or you know, the list goes on. It it really expands your level of awareness of what it means to be a human being just simply be alive and we're missing that you know that spiritual aspect of our of our of our incarnation here like you talked about before like religion religions today they're not spiritual man it's fake spirituality that's just like some kind of play that they put on like you said it's just some kind of act that we put on that's not real spirituality dude they're not really tapping in they're just they're putting on some weird hats and they're putting on some dress and they they sing some weird songs and everybody goes home at the end of the day and goes on netflix like that's not truly tapping in man but these things yeah. they allow us to have these real spiritual experiences is the world ready for it i don't know i i don't i don't think we have a choice though at this point like there's no going back like we we either embrace the true spirituality that we lost connection with over thousands of years or we're still going to stay on this hamster wheel of suffering that we got ourselves on. Um, but I think it's going to be the choice of like, we're going to actually embrace that. And society's going to change. World, The world's going to change. The whole collective consciousness is going to change. It's going to be in 10, 20 years, it's going to be more than just like, just like another form of therapy, right? It's going to be more than just like, just something that is like behind the scenes like no it's going to literally change the fabric of our society because it's gonna wake people up it's gonna allow people to truly see their potential and if most people don't see their potential nowadays right most people are just like living blah 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 just living their life day to day just going through the motions but if imagine a population and it might sound scary to the powers that be but imagine a population where everybody or not everybody but most people a lot of people can truly see their potential for why they were here, why they were born here, you know, feel that deeper connection to God, infinite consciousness, the source, whatever you want to call it, a, a, a maybe ideally a whole population that is truly connected to the source. That, my friend, is a whole different world. That's a whole different society that we're moving toward. And I can't even fathom what that's like, you know, but I think that's where we're moving because that's that's the end result of these of stuff like MDMA, psilocybin, DMT, whatever it is. That's the end result of these being used correctly. Is literally it's a higher collective unconsciousness between all human beings. You know, people just think it's just going to make people happier and um, you know just make people so they're not depressed. But 
we're depressed because we don't have that connection. And once we establish that connection, man, human beings are going to become a whole new organism. And that's all I got to say about that. <laughs> nice. I like it. Yeah. Uh, I think in the future that uh, pretty much all societies will have plant medicine rituals ingrained into the culture. So like, yeah, I think so the, too. the majority way that kids become adults will be through a plant medicine ritual or some type of ritual like that. That's how it used mm. to be in ancient yeah. times. Like we, we don't have that now. And I think we got a lot of like children walking around or adults that are still children. You know what I mean? They've never confronted yeah. their mortality. They're just running the rat race, waiting for the end. Mm-hmm. I think ancient humans, you know, 16, 17, 18, they'd have a, a coming of age ritual, puberty ritual. Maybe it was a, a vision quest or there's thousands of different rituals, ways to do it. Yeah. But the, the main theme is confront their individuality, their uh, mortality and become an adult, you know, become responsible for your things. That's when you have to leave childhood behind and you kind of have to grieve your childhood because in childhood, everything's infinite and wonderful. And, but then once you become an adult, you have to narrow your, your reality down for survival reasons. Like you can't keep looking at the world as, as if it's, you know, all sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. 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 You got to figure out what's going to keep you and your family uh, alive. But I think that's when these psilocybin rituals can become even more valuable to remind us of that childhood, our childlike atmosphere and feeling that's still underlying reality. It's just uh, a little f- further below the surface once you get get older and get responsibilities. Yeah. I felt that too. First time I did psilocybin, it felt like a rite of passage. It felt like mm-hmm. I was like, I felt like <laughs> I thought my parents were in on it. Like I thought like, <laughs> they, they have to know, like they, they had to give me these mushrooms and they had to, I don't know. I had this weird feeling of like, there's, I was like, there was before Gary, before the mushrooms. And then there was after. And I felt that like when I was on them, I felt like there was, I went through some kind of like my life previous to the experience, one experience I've had, I've had many experiences, but there's one experience, the first really big experience that I had on it. It was like a, my whole life, I I saw the timeline of how everything interacted, all the people that I interacted with, everything that happened, all the events that happened led up to that moment. It was like this weird rite of passage that I had and that allowed me to transform and come into the being that uh, you see right now on the camera and listening in the microphone. It was a very, very, mm, I can't even put words on it, to be honest, but I remember thinking like it was, it would, that's, it was supposed to be that way. It was like Mm. this transformation in my entire being and I could see, go ahead. That's what it is. You know, the rite of passage is you're supposed to go, go in, go through this ordeal and come out a different person, like truly mm-hmm. different ego, body, everything. And that's what is so scary to a lot of people. And I think that's what scares people about psychedelics. And you have these fears of, Oh, it's permanent and all this stuff yeah. is because unlike other substances, they're really, I think uh, in a way capable of that rite of passage, that transformation of the individual, the ego. And it's one of the, most powerful things possible. And I think it's one of the most valuable things if it's in the right setting, but it can also be, it can be uh, traumatic for a lot of people, especially in the wrong setting. And I think, I think one key thing about this conversation is the acceptance of it, because, you know, 
we like I've had that experience too, Gary, a very similar experience a couple of different times, but I wasn't as though I could talk to anybody about it because they, I feel like the um, hallucinogenics and all, all drugs pretty much were looked out ba- at badly, at least in my uh, culture, like from, mm-hmm. from, from, a, you know, people that are older than us. And, and I think that just like affects it because it's, because then you have this, you can have this, you know, transcendent, like beautiful experience that is just like so raw and so primal. And then you come back from it and you, if, if there's not acceptance around it and you have to feel bad about it or, or just kind of look at it like, Oh, it wasn't what I thought it was because nobody else is there to um, acknowledge it. And yeah, and I guess really it comes from within, but it, I think it's so important. Like, you know, what I've been getting from these, uh, these rituals that I've been doing with Ryan is like this, uh, just this this acceptance of um just acceptance i don't know of, of change it's so important the acceptance of, of transformation yeah yeah and experiences acknowledging other people's experiences you know mm-hmm. as as valid and, and real yeah that's huge man just so, so we know we're not crazy <laughs> that's kind of why i established this whole thing so i can talk to like-minded people because most people in my my regular life like i don't i don't have any Oh, actually, never mind. I do, but like, the, I don't know a lot of people that um, I could truly go into the depths with, like conversations like this. And it's good to do that, man, because like, you know, these experiences they go beyond words. But sometimes you just gotta try to talk about it. You have to like try to vocalize what you go through, and it's good to connect with other people. So they're like, oh yeah, I felt that too. I know exactly what you're talking about, and um, that means what that means is these substances they they mean something you know there is there is truth there is some kind of essence in them that if you do it in the right way if you know you know that there's something to the experience you're not just crazy you know they 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 um they schedule this with like meth crack heroin whatever you know whatever else is in the schedule one substances of the united states so even just that idea unconsciously makes me think like, oh, maybe am I am I a bad person? Am I doing the wrong thing? Was I just hallucinating? Was this just something that was my mind playing tricks on me? You know, it's like we live in a culture that has literally been programmed into making you think that you are a criminal. You you know, you don't have yeah. the right to expand with your consciousness. But then when you talk to other like minded people, you're like, oh, shit, no, you know what? Fuck that. I'm doing the right thing. I know that I'm in the right. So it's just, it's good to know, especially in today's world and the world that we come from, to know that we're not bad people. I'm not hurting anybody. I'm not hurting myself. I'm actually only helping myself. So yeah, dude, community. It's the, it's the, we can get on the topic of of community and psychedelic communities, man. It's so important because like, it's tough to just be alone. It's tough to be, have these ideas and experiences and not being able to truly connect with somebody at that deeper level. Because once you reach that deeper level of connection within yourself, it's um, something else to also reach that deeper level of connection with other people, you know? Because it's more, we're having a conversation here that's more than just like, how about those Red Sox, huh? How about the, oh, the weather outside? It's, it's crazy, it's been raining, huh? It's a little cold out. Like, nah, we're going to the depths, man. We're going to the soul. And the, the soul level conversation like that, it's rare. It's really rare, but it's valuable. Um, my point is, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you guys are here and that we can have this conversation. <laughs> the importance of community, man. It's really important. 
Mm-hmm. Being able to connect. The internet has saved. The internet has saved us pretty much. True. Yeah. Honestly, man. Like, yeah. Like I'm living as a nomad in a car, and there's no way I'd be able to get like a, any kind of community like this, like just by traveling around by myself. Yeah. But with the yeah. internet, I'm just like here in a parking lot from a farmer's market. I'm like, oh. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Connection yeah, the internet has revolutionized the world. Like it, the, the invention of it itself is psychedelic, man. Like you couldn't even, I think I said this to, maybe it was you all over before. Like they didn't even see this coming in Star Wars and like sci-fi movies of the past. Like what it, it, it's allowed us, especially at this time, it's allowed us to truly connect with people at an instant anywhere. Well, pretty much anywhere. And that itself that idea is it's revolutionary it really is like it's it's unprecedented man it's never happened before like what we're doing it's almost like a giant experiment like we take it for granted because it's just part of our lives now and everybody has it in their pockets but when you truly like think about it and you examine what the internet is and meditate on what the internet has done for us and is doing for us it's it's insanity it yeah. really is like it's actually it's amazing. I'm not saying it's bad and sin- well, some of it is, but it's really, um, it's it's, de- it's good good and bad, but it's definitely pushed that evolution of what we're in the social socially. Yeah. Oh, dude, exponentially too. You know, before we were at a rate like this, and then the internet came around, and now we're going like this. I mean, yeah, I think there's also exponential. other. It's exponential if you want it to be. I think there's like you know. It's also it also can be de-evolutionary to our consciousness if you use it in the wrong way, uh, and we can see that happening. But we don't have to go down that path. <laughs> if you use it in the right way, it's a tool just like anything else, just like all these plant medicines. It will allow you to, um, it'll allow you to grow your being, your intelligence, your skill set, knowledge, get some friends out of it. Um, for you, uh, Russell it allows you to uh, travel the world and really be kind of like sen- reach a sense of freedom, you know, and that's unprecedented. Would you want to go into like what the, what you're actually doing, you know, like what your experiment of your YouTube channel and, you know, your lifestyle is right now? Sorry, what was that? What, like, what are you doing online? I'm talking about like how the internet has affected our lives and it's definitely affected your life substantially so would you want to get into that a little bit like what your lifestyle is right well it's just the internet it's like there's so much like 10 years ago if i typed like what is the meaning of life on google there wouldn't really (laughs) there'd there'd be like some things that maybe like one or two youtube channels or blog posts or something but now it's like you can just go so deep in all directions. There's like all these yogis who have YouTube yeah. channels and there's like Frank Yang's stuff. And there's like all these, these like cutting edge ideas and you can go so deep down these different rabbit holes that it's over, almost overwhelming in a way. It, it can be. Cause there's just so much content out there mm-hmm. and you can just, like it feels like it's infinite almost you can just keep exploring these little nooks on the internet and consciousness and in rabbit holes yeah 
And what are you close. what are you doing for your life though is what i wanted you to talk about I, th- I think that's a good point but like you know what i mean tell people about how you're, you're a nomad living in a car i think that's pretty cool yeah so i'm internet. yeah pretty much and like even work like i'm just teaching online i'm doing like food delivery with doordash that's it's all just on my phone so i'm sustaining myself financially while i'm traveling around the u.s pretty much making my own schedule and uh i guess long term i'd like to like make it more global as well i like to explore more opportunities to sort of travel be completely location independent while at the same time uh sort of having the freedom financial freedom and I think opportunities like that are just going to keep growing, especially after this year. For sure. Yeah. So not only can you find the meaning of life on the internet, you can also build a lifestyle. Like if you're, if you have enough, <laughs> a little bit of ingenuity, you know, 10 years ago, you also wouldn't be able to do what you're doing, which is pretty cool. Great. Yeah. So it's just going to keep going. And then, you know, there's no need to live in like a crowded overpriced city when you can just sort of, I mean, you can if you want to, if you want a more stable life, but yeah, you want like a, you're like a nomad monk, you know, you're like an American (laughs) monk in a way, you know, yeah, your own form of monasticism kind of It's cool though. It's revolutionizing our lives, like in so many different ways, in so many different ways. If you don't just use it for TikTok and cat videos, (laughs) you know? (laughs) if you truly want that's the thing that's what's crazy about the internet right is you can make it what you want it's like a personalized experience for whatever you want i mean there's some people that are trying to edit your experience you know they're trying to put ideas in your head but if you know how to navigate this um this the fabric of the internet if you know how to like you know set the path and just stay out of the shit you'll be able to like truly truly grow and truly um man i don't know just become the best version of yourself in a way that might have taken a very very long time in the past it's almost like we exp we exponentially increased our evolutionary process as a human being with the internet like it went from like say we have multiple incarnations that like they say and we're just like you gotta go through this get all your karma going through all those incarnations well this one this one's really important the one that we're in right now if you take life by the balls you can you can really (laughs) exponentially increase your evolutionary process in this life like this life is extremely if we do have multiple lifetimes like they say and we're going through all these lives so we can learn lessons and become the best version of ourselves, right through all these lives and blah 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 and then we become enlightened well this one is really important guys so take this shit seriously use the internet to your ability because like you know uh 30 years ago 40 years ago they didn't have the internet they like we didn't have anything man we if you wanted to read the bhagavad gita the upanishads um some author some sci-fi novel you wanted to really go to the depths man you didn't have the resources like we have now so let's my point is before i go off on a, a crazy rant is we all we have all the tools in our arsenal at this point in time in 2021 when this is recorded we have psychedelic plant medicine we have the community and we have the internet to really build the life on the material plane that we um that we want to 
and uh, it's a beautiful Garrett, time to be alive. I just want to say I'd really like to smoke a joint with you someday. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Let's do it. We can do it virtually. I got some right here. <laughs> for real though, man, it's a uh, it's amazing time to be alive, and we sh- we should be taken for granted. But this is um this is the awakening. It sounds cliche, you know, but this is it. Like this is what all the lives that have been leading like if we did all live multiple lives all of us that are listening all of us that are in this talk right now it's been leading up to this one i believe maybe maybe i'm a little crazy but i I mean even if we didn't have personally have multiple lives there's multiple lives that got us here our ancestors were fighting you know to get us to a certain point now we're here yeah i used to look at history and think every moment of history was so you know crucial um, when you're learning about history and then you, you think, and then I would always think about today, you know, right now as not as important as whatever happened in the past, but that's right. bullshit. Like that really is, it's, 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 <laughs> it's a, it's, it's a fantasy to believe that. Um, mm-hmm. but I um, did that a lot of my life, most of my life. Yeah, man. They don't, they don't tell you that we're writing history right now. They think like, you know, th- it's like the system that we're brought up in. It wants you to just think you're not important, essentially. I mean, and not maybe not deliberately. Maybe yeah, it might, it might just be a result. They just want you to think you're just a cog in the system, you know, or at least that's the result of it. Like through, throughout our programming, you're just you're just some um, almost like a like I said, just like a part of the machine. But we're not. We're actually, you know, we're these spiritual beings. <laughs> yeah, and and. Uh, yeah, I don't think like capitalism per se is the is the problem, but the industrial revolutions, you know, coupled with that and how um, technology has advanced, it kind of feels that way. I mean, we have the like you said before. I've heard you say we've had the ability to take care of everyone in this world, or even our own country, our own people. Um, yet we we've just kind of gotten to this point, so that's why it's I think so important to. Uh, you know, just work together mm-hmm. and come to cons- some consensus and so that everyone can truly be happy. Like I was about to, I was going to ask earlier, is, is self-hate still a thing? Because I grew up with self-hate and I've struggled with it my whole life. I still do. So I just, I don't know if you guys can relate to that, but um, self-hate, yeah. it's, it's, it's not even like anybody's purposely putting it on you. It's just like the, the way the, culture is it's like if you're not wearing this or you're not having that or Mm -hmm. or you're not up with us then you're not then you have to look down on yourself but that's fucking bullshit too (laughs) sorry oh you can swear all we want man i think that that's yeah that's a product of our culture is like you know fall clout it's weird that clout is even a word why is clout a word in the whole aspect of uh celebrity worship like what is that man it's like it's like painting this picture unconsciously that these people are up here and you're down here. You're just a pleb. These, this is a higher class, but like, nah, man, it's not like that, but that's just a product of our society. It seems like, it seems like, and I hope it's not deliberate. I really hope we don't live in that kind of world, but it seems like there is just ideas constantly being thrown into our face that you're not important. Look at these people, look at their car, look at their watch, look at her ass. Don't you want to yeah. be like that? Don't you want to have this? No, man, we don't need any of that. Truly, there's all, like, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, there's, there's. It seems as though there's always something in our face to distract us from, you know, uh, 
living the 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 tough parts of life you know accepting the uh the tough things because yeah. it's like convenient to escape or to to distract mm-hmm. i do it all the time i think but uh so i'm not saying i'm good at you know but i i definitely have made some serious uh adjustments and, and some acknowledgements of my habits yeah dude we're all guilty of it we're all guilty of the escape you know we're not we're not monks so it's that the case of what we're all talking about is like escaping the escape <laughs> almost like finding an alternative route to just putting on netflix which is okay i'm not saying watching movies or playing video games isn't you know that's all right as long as you don't make habits out of doing your escape whatever your escape is your vice we all have vices whatever that is as long as you don't make it a destructive habit in your life and you know we talked about this before you know what to make a habit of and then you know what to not make a habit of and know what's good for you and know what's bad for you pretty much so i think the whole spiritual process through using rituals and through these plant medicines is establishing good habits for your whole being in your sober life and that's how we change it might be a little bit at a time but i think we truly change our being more so you know our consciousness changes but from that the inside changes and then and then the outside changes if you integrate it correctly i think that's kind of the wavelength we're talking about now like truly changing your being with these medicines is actually maybe you know getting up a little early in the morning maybe drinking a little bit more water and you or you know things such as that it can be like little things such as that but these things help us realize these things that we have to do for ourselves you know these medicines or rituals or meditations they allow us to to realize these things kind of like see life in a different light so you can be like oh i shouldn't be smoking that Ooh, I shouldn't be drinking every Friday or Saturday or whatever the vice is, man. We all have them. But these things allow us to make the change. And when we make the change, that's how we heal. That's what I mean by healing. It's more than just like, you know, feeling different in your head. It's like truly healing how we outwardly act in this world. I think that's kind of the whole gist of um, integrating plant medicine, you know? What you guys are talking about to me is like uh, it brings up a lot of um, associations with like the hero's journey and the monomyth archetypes, things like that. And, you know, one of the things that Ryan was just talking about and Rory, you guys were talking about kind of the worship of the celebrity. Right. And like the way that we look to others uh, for heroic ideals. Mm-hmm. And it seems like when you undergo a psychedelic experience you're actually undergoing the hero's journey right you're leaving the world of ordinary things you're entering a very strange and mysterious realm that is very different from the world of everyday consciousness and then you're coming back to that ordinary world the transformed being and so i think if more of us realize that we are actually the heroes we would stop worshiping other people you know what i'm saying i I agree you realize you're the hero you're the hero don't look to the avengers or to you know kim (laughs) kardashian you're it man you're it um but again to ryan's point we don't have the rituals that inform us experientially that we're it so we don't know right and so we're looking for a hero we look out there to celebrities, to monarchs, the queen, royals. Like, we look to anybody. But the truth is, the hero we're looking for is looking right back at you in the mirror. That's it. That, You're it. That's real. That's real. You're it. And, and to speak on that, like, 
religiously or biblically, you think of uh, the hero's journey and you think you like, I don't know if you think, but I think it's ingrained in Christianity or whatever, some religions, you know, that you're going to do the hero's journey and you're going to end up, you know, bloodied and, and, and beat up. And like, it's going to be, it's going to end very, very badly. Yeah. Well, and like it, that, I think that kind of scares people off from wanting mm-hmm. to. It, it like necessitates a death and a rebirth. And like we were talking about early, when you have an experience, if you go into a rite of passage and you're going to come out a new person, there is a death there. The person that you are is, has to die the, the child or whatever. Um, and then someone else has to take his place. And that's what is scary. Uh, I think also just death in general is something that we all have to confront. And the earlier we confront it, the more we allow it in, the more we can learn to be grateful for life even more so. I think mm-hmm. a majority of humans avoid death completely. They know they're going to die on an intellectual level, but never feel any existential dread or mortality feelings. And the reason they can avoid it is because they're racing through life and distracting themselves with whatever comes up, jobs or whatever, whatever they think is important. But I think most people get to their deathbed and that's when you can no longer avoid those feelings. And you're sitting there and you're like, oh shit, I'm going to die. What did I just do with my life? That's got to be the most terrifying thing ever. Well, so like, if that's the case, then that's one of the most terrifying things. And I guess we don't, it's hard to know how many people feel that. But if that is a truly a thing, then, you know, there should be practices and rituals or whatever in place to combat that at an, at an, at an earliest as possible and be able to, and uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I be think, able to, if you want to be able to have an experience where you can feel that at, you know, 20 or 30 or whenever you feel called to do it instead of waiting, instead of pushing it off the whole time. I mean, cause then, uh, like I've heard a lot of, I've read a lot of trip reports about, uh, Amanita muscaria. I've never tried it, but from what I've heard and what I've read, virtually everyone who has a powerful trip on it feels like they're going to die. It is incredibly convincing at making you believe you're going to die. That, that substance from what I've, I've read and people have seizures, they go into coma but oh. 99.99% of them get better. And when they're coming back out of that experience, out of the void, they feel unbelievable gratitude because they realize, okay, I'm alive. I still have a chance to do all those things that I was just uh, feeling regret about when they were in that experience. And what's interesting is uh, I've said this before, but like the experience of oneness, I think is synonymous with death because in order to feel oneness, the I, the ego has to die and you have to merge with something else. Yep. And I think, I think Bingo. that, I think that's it. I think it's what we, we all desire so much, but we're also so scared of. And I think it has to be that way. It, it can't be to. just all bliss and just, Oh, I'm just going to feel amazing. It's gotta be confronting the utmost fear that you ever had in your life. And I think that's what makes it so like amazing and wonderful and that's the hero's journey isn't you know, that like feeling story? that fear and just going into it knowing having faith that it's going to be valuable mm-hmm. i mean isn't that kind of like the story of adam and eve in yeah. a way like they have to confront the forbidden fruit is the 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 knowledge of good and evil is what they bite and once you have that knowledge of good and evil you're cast out of the garden of eden the blissful area and you're cast cast into the real world of good and bad dark and light duality birth and death birth and death. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. that's a tough place to be, especially as a a monkey, you know, (laughs) like we, we have to, we're dealt, we have to deal with 
the paradox of life and death and, and duality. And we don't really have any, any real way to deal with it. The only way to deal with it that we have is to repress it for the most part, repress mm. those things. And around the ages of like four and five, a lot of kids have terrible nightmares and all these experiences, night terrors, and all of that gets repressed. And it's, it's a, it's, nece- it's a necessary because we have to repress in order to like grow up. But if it's never dealt with, like never in our whole life, then the fears loom large. Yeah. Then the fears just control the life for the rest of the time. But I think it's necessary for us to repress those at first. But once we become an adult or we're, we're working towards becoming an adult, that's the time to let them out more and, and really allow ourselves to be overwhelmed with that existential dread and the, the paradox of life. And just, you know, you can't reconcile it. You just got to sit in it and learn to accept it. Mm-hmm. That's the hard part. Well, maybe talk you, about it. Yeah. Talk about it too. But like, you want to find the solution, but there's no solution to paradox. You know, it's just, you have to just accept it and just be okay with it. That's, Mm. that's the hard part. You know, that's the trick of it. Yeah. I know what you're saying, man. Everybody has that existential dread. That's the thing, but we just, yeah, it's, it's just, um, confronting it is, is that rebirth experience. It's like, like you said, um, it's reaching a a non-dual state. So that when you're reborn into the dualistic nature of this current incarnation, it allows you to weigh the both sides a little bit better because you know, ultimately that we are this dual state, you know, where the unity in that unity came through maybe an experience that you had, like a, a realization in that realization are that, that dual, I'm sorry, the non-dual state mm-hmm. that you reach that mindset came from the psychedelic experience right and from there it's like it's like an ideal for me at least that i can never leave behind i know even though we live in a world of yin and yang polarity ultimately the yin and yang is one but in order to reach that oneness you have to disconnect from your body reach a death state almost in a way it sounds scary to people that have never done it but it's actually a very beautiful thing mm-hmm. kill your ego where you come to the oneness state you come to the unity but you're reborn into the dualistic nature that we are that's it, revelation you know yeah and i <laughs> and i wanted to say like from my personal experience i think using you know the opiates was I was trying to get to that oneness, but I never managed to do it. And I even, you know, personally, I overdosed a handful of times and came very close to death, but never did I really feel empowered after, or like, I just felt like I wanted to do more drugs. And then I had the um, ayahuasca experience, which whether that, I don't think it puts you, I don't think it's quite as similar to Amanita Muscaria where you feel like you may actually die, but it definitely was like, I don't think you, I don't know how deep that has to go, but it definitely felt closer to unity and to oneness than I'd ever felt since I was a kid. And that was so huge. Mm. So important for me um, just to even to try to get better. I didn't really want to get better when I was using drugs because I had some problem, you know, I had a problem that I couldn't face, but having that experience gave me um, some perspective and ability to kind of feel it a bit. And 
Um, yeah, I think I think that's so important. I think have. addictions, for the most part, are uh, the manifestation of uh, wanting that oneness, that that death and rebirth experience of the spiritual experience, yeah. but not knowing how to create it and creating actual like the physical experience. Yeah. The, not even knowing that you're chasing that too you know i feel like it's like something that you chase that we don't like when you're in an addictive state of mind you don't even know that's what you're you're just doing you're going along but like deep down our deep core of our being that unconscious element of us is actually trying to find some kind of way that we can reach that state but we don't even know like i don't like how do you get on that wavelength of knowing that you know how do you know that your addictive behavior like it's that's that's really crazy to think that our addictive behaviors are actually just our like our unconscious mind trying to find some kind of sense of um it's we can call it an escape but it's really we're actually chasing connection which they seem like polarities like they seem like opposites right hmm. I think a lot of times it takes something drastic like an overdose or like the loss of a child like custody yeah is taken away or something huge uh even to recognize it but then a lot of times that that still won't be enough because just recognizing it and not being able to go back into it or have the, or not not having the wherewithal or the knowingness to induce it but in a safer way i think it comes down to acceptance of of people's uh mental health and their their turmoil yeah. but Mm-hmm. But I, but I think, yeah, like a lot of times, yes, like for me, like a lot of times something super drastic will happen. Everyone around you, th- you know, it's life changing, but to the one person, it, nothing changes because they still didn't get what they're looking for. And I think it, yeah, I don't know. I, I yeah. You know, I think yeah. there are ways to get that, but it takes a lot of uh, hard work and, but I, yeah, Maybe that's kind of weird, to, you know? Yeah, I would. Yeah, I would say that we both got really lucky. I think for the most part, psychedelic experiences for healing have been like trying to throw darts at a dartboard in the dark for the past 10, 20 years. I think we're just starting to like turn the lights on and be able to to actually uh, plan and experience with more intention and, and get more actionable results out of it. But I think in the past, a lot of people. Like you hear about people that were addicted, they had one psilocybin experience and then overnight they just like changed their life. I think mm-hmm. those people are incredibly lucky because the majority of people, they'll just have an experience and just think of it as a drug experience and just continue using drugs yeah. over time. Yeah, it takes a real certain unique person to like actually capitalize on that, especially when they... I think a lot of it has to do with believing in one's own experience. Like if you have a spirit, spiritual experience, believing that it truly was spiritual and it can affect you in a positive way. That's something that's hard to do because majority of society and other people will tell you, Oh, it's just a drug experience. It's not important. Mm -hmm. And it's up to that one individual to say, I know this is important. This is the most important experience I've ever had. I'm going to change my life using it. Uh, I think, I think a lot of people have powerful spiritual experiences that get uh, reduced down to just a drug you know, a drug experience. And I think a lot of times they're more than spiritual. They're almost mystical in a lot of ways. I, I, I guess I can't really speak for other people, but like, uh, I guess spiritual is a, a great term for it, but 
What's the difference? Yeah, I, <laughs> it's a good point. I mean, to me, I always thought of mystical as like more than spiritual, but I think I have the wrong stance on that. And I'm just realizing that right now. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, it, there's no words for it. Yeah. I, I know what you mean. Mystical, I could say is like, you know, I don't know. That's yeah. Mystic mysticism versus spiritualism. I don't know. I, that's, I guess that's a, that's a good one I to think, ponder. I think ineffable is a good word for it. Yeah. yeah. Totally. What would yeah, you say? Go ahead, having Oliver. looked into them. Yeah. I, I did look into the meaning of the word a little bit. And I think mystical has more to do with the experience of the union. I think it's very much specifically tailored to that, but that's also very spiritual. So I think we're kind of slicing hairs or whatever you want to call it right at this point. Yeah. <laughs> right. Ultimately, there's no words. But what do you think? So we're, we're talking about the intention, like the, how, how important the intention is that we go into it, right? Because, you know, some people, like you said, whether some people get something from it and some people don't pretty much summing it up. Uh, what are we trying to get? What are we trying? What's the intent? Or at least what's yours? I think maybe we all have different intents. But is it? Are we trying to induce a rebirth process? Like, are we trying to... Um, you know, discover a little bit more about ourselves? Like, what would you say is your intention or have been some of your intentions in the past? I would say that intention is really hard because a lot of people say they, oh, I, I want to change this. But ultimately, I think a lot of people don't actually, if you get really down to it, they don't want to change. The majority of humans are content where they are. They don't want to change. They'll tell themselves they, they want something, they'll have a psychedelic experience, then nothing will change. And it's because ultimately that's what they want. I think a huge factor in psychedelic experiences that promote drastic change is an element of desperation. Like the person's on their last leg. It's they like Ferrari overdosed multiple times before on heroin and methadone for 10 years. I was just having a baby, massive, factors contributing to, okay, this is it. You know, something has to give for me. I was 23 and not as desperate of a situation, but I, I ex exhausted all my other options, pharmaceuticals, antidepressants it was a college dropout. And I was like, all right, I just gotta, I have to try something different and had my first psilocybin experience. So there was an element of desperation there too. Um, I mean, I think for me, it was just a sense of unity, a sense of oneness, like we were talking about earlier, a sense of um, acceptance and connection, connection, yeah, huge. I think there and, and, and purpose. I mean, yeah, and I think it, there it's, is it's it's a primal. It's, it's a for me, it was a you know mushrooms or ayahuasca or, or any of these states are. It's a very primal um, clarity like awareness almost like a present moment awareness that mm -hmm. is really hard to get every day um that's why we I meditate would, in and stuff but i would say that psychedelic experiences are probably end up in that state where they have significant life change maybe like five percent of the time yeah. i'd say with the right way of constructing it you can raise that up to like 50 percent or, or more i think you can create a ritual that is incredibly effective at promoting significant life change. And I think a big part of that is connectedness to something greater. So I think like using them in tribal settings, literally like uh, developing deep connections with people that you, you trust them with your life. I think it's a very rare bond yeah. that most mm -hmm. humans don't have, 
but ancient humans, they had it 100%. Oh, when you guys, when you sit in a fire or around a fire, you're facing each other and you're looking, you're watching the other person's back and they're watching your back, making sure that the darkness doesn't, some, something doesn't come out and attack you. And it's like, you're trusting each other with your lives. And that's something that ancient tribes had to have. Everyone was on that level, you know, that deep bond of, you know, pure acceptance and trust. And I think modern connections, modern relationships are like a 10th of what the, of what those were. Yeah. I I know what you mean. I think that primal state that Rory was talking about, that state you can get on psychedelics where sometimes it's so primal that language ceases to exist and and things become timeless. It's like, that's a, a state of consciousness that if you're sharing it with someone else, you will be deeply bonded and connected through that forever. Mm. it's it's one of the most powerful experiences to share with someone yeah that's that's pretty far out man that's pretty interesting that you say like so we we reach we want to reach that state of connection that true connection with another person during these experiences in connection with nature too i think it's also important to uh be out and connect with our greater being other human beings but also uh the, the greater being of the world that we're in and uh yeah, it's a good it's point. It, it's not just connection with each other, it's connection with nature. And it's also connection with ourselves, yeah. like our, our internal essence, our childhood self, whatever. It's deeper connections. And I, that's how nature trends towards, you know, like mycelium is all about creating deeper connections. Our brains are all about creating deeper connections. That's kind of the way that nature just naturally trends towards is more connectedness. Yeah, that's a good point, man. It seems like the order, like the process, this the the way the 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 Tao trends more toward um, we're coming together. You know, it was like the Big mm-hmm. Bang was the unity event, exploded into billions and billions of nuclear explosions in the sky into space debris. It was expansion, and now it seems like oh nope, it's all coming back in. And it's coming back in very slowly, and we're realizing that we're coming. It's like a, a consciousness of coming back in, but it's also interesting to me that you say that it's primal. Like that, they had that connection thousands of years ago. Like they, they seem to be some people at least, maybe not everybody, but maybe in the tribal setting, they were more on that connection of nature, of the tribe, of each other, of themselves, and that's. I think a huge spiritual aspect of these things is being able to um, get in touch with the world around you, not only the world inside of you, but the world around you, you know, as above, so below, it's all the same. Once you, once you know, it's all one, but um, we're missing that. We don't have that anymore, man, that we don't have true connection. We really don't like TikTok and Snapchat. That's not true connection. That's just like this fake connection that we have. Um, and we don't have connection to nature. We don't really have connection to, to our true world. Like these four walls, this isn't our world that we came from. This is just something artificial that we built. But I think when you, when you connect to yes, yourself inside, you connect to the outside world, and then you connect with other literal conscious beings. That's what it's all about. I think that is like, that's spiritual to me, you know, and we're that's, we don't have that aspect in our life. That's something completely we neglect, we don't, we don't even talk about that for the most part, you know, but it's a fundamental element that we literally evolved with and we, we threw out the window, but I don't think 
for as long as we're human beings, we can throw that out. The, the aspect of going to the depths, you know, like really feeling how we feel, uh, knowing and like, don't shoot away our emotions or, uh, you know, truly being there for somebody, telling somebody you truly love them and tell, and then they tell you that back and you know, it's real. That's rare. I feel like, man, we're all playing this game. We're all playing this, like this, this play, you know, like there's a show that's just going on that we somehow establish with the internet. That's the other aspect of the internet, you know, that we can get lost on the artificial connection. But if you do establish true connection with somebody, it's rare, but it's a fundamental element of the human experience in order to truly be at peace and, and heal and to truly love yourself. Because if somebody else can love you for all of your flaws and say, hey, man, you're okay, you're good. You know, I don't care that you did XX, blah, blah, blah in the past. You know, I don't care that happened. I love you for who you are in this moment for the conscious being that you are true connection just simple as that love man that's what it allows us to do and we don't have that right now in our society maybe we catch rare glimpses of it here and there but imagine a whole world on that wavelength where we all love each other man imagine that where we all actually are on that wavelength i can see it we're not there and it seems unrealistic because we're so far away but i think there's light at the end of the tunnel for all of us to truly establish that connection with the, the the earth, Gaia, you know, the spirit of the earth and also with each other. And uh, Kumbaya, you, you create a better world. <laughs> I, I think it's definitely possible if we manifest it collectively. Yeah, I but, think it's happening right now. This is what we're living through. Yeah, but I think we've reached like peak materialism and everyone's mm-hmm. just seeing how fake and how garbage it is and... I think once it gets over the edge, then it's just gonna it's gonna come the other way, and it's gonna be more spiritual, more more of what you were your ideal vision of the world. Yeah, hopefully it's already happening. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, but I think it's already happened. Like you know that going over the edge, we already went over the edge. But this is the last ditch effort for the ego, the collective ego, to try to try to save itself. But there's, there's, there's people all, like us having this conversation, other people having conversations all over the world that I tune into. I can tell something's up. There's something different in, in our world and how we think about ourselves. And that's something that I don't think will ever be taken away in the future, unless there's some kind of uh, worldwide dictatorship that shuts down free thinking and expansion of consciousness, which I don't, maybe that'll happen, hopefully not. But if that doesn't happen, the cat's out of the bag. There's no going back. We know our true nature and we know how to truly heal ourselves at this point. We're already over the cliff. And if you know, you know, only real ones know at this point, but it's going to slowly, I can, I think every day that goes by, we're slowly getting the numbers up and the people that kind of, kind of know what's going on, or maybe at least ask questions, you know, as simple as that. Something of just like, what am I? What is all this? You know, what is nature and trees and you know, why are there seven and a half billion people of us here that are all like me? Just simply, just simply being like, what the hell is going on? Like, why am I here? That, we don't ask that because we're afraid. Go ahead, I dude. think, I think to, to answer your question from uh, the beginning, and maybe you can put this in the beginning or not, but I think to answer your question about um, 
what what you know kind of the topic for this conversation has been is like how to uh heal ourselves um uh hold on, i think i can't think of the word but uh yeah i know how, how do we take our mental health and heal ourselves which i think is a dangerous concept a lot of times because i think that's kind of what drug addiction my that's kind of how i used to do it through my drug addiction and i think that's how a lot of people do it through any way they do it but i think it's so important like to take responsibility for you know whatever it is that is keeping us hindered and keeping us down and uh and how to, and like the, I think the conversation we just had is like how to, at least some ideas on how to go about that in the best, in t- with the best intention and in the best manners, because, um, you know, I think it's so, it's so empowering to be able to do that. And mm. yeah. Yeah. I think mental health is like mental illness is skyrocketing. And I think a big reason of that is that our healthcare system is like designed for us to not really be in control of our own health. We go to doctors for them to fix us. So it's like, it's kind of like my health isn't my responsibility. It's the doctor's responsibility to take care of. And I think taking your mental health into your own hands can be bad because it can lead to self-medicating with dangerous drugs. But I think ultimately it's what we all have to do because I think the reason rituals are so powerful or specifically rituals that are created by the individual is because you're invested into it. You're invested into your own healing modality. You've created it. I think when you try and just reenact a ritual from some other culture, it kind of loses all of its value in a lot of ways. I think uh, there's something inherent about humans that make it so if we're going to get better, it has to be self-directed. It has to be us contributing to ourself getting better. Yeah. And this idea of this idea of we take something and we're going to be better. Yeah. We're going to feel better in the moment, but it's not going to give us, you know, exactly what it is we're looking for. So an acceptance of like having the ability to go into that feeling, um, you know, often or whenever you feel is necessary um, is important too, because it's not as if you're going to take something and just, your whole life's going to change and everything's going to get better. You're still going to have to deal with everything that you've dealt with, that you've either dealt with or pushed off in the past, but at least you'll have maybe some clarity and some, uh, some relief or uh, understanding, right. Of yourself a little more. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. Know thyself. Yeah. To know thyself. That's the whole, that's the The, whole thing. That's the key. That's the key, man. Summing it up. That's what we're trying to do is just know thyself. Intentionally intentionally investigating your being so that you can intentionally evolve and accepting yourself. Knowing thyself is also accepting thyself for everything that we are as a human being, this faulty being that we all are. It's uh, truly accepting that and knowing that we are all perfectly imperfect or imperfectly perfect you know and that's okay that's the that's the essence that you kind of touch upon in this rebirth thing um it's Mm -hmm. it's just kind of knowing what you truly are or at least i don't know what i am i mean i don't think anybody really knows but at least i'm i'm getting there (laughs) i'm asking the questions you you know what you're not i know what i'm not exactly 
And that's, you have to know what you're not in order to know what you are, or at least, you know, get on that wavelength. And I think that's the whole gist of the spiritual process of the mystical process of the, of the psychedelic experience is opening up your imagination, your idea, your, the, your idea of what you are. And also from that opening up the idea of what you're not, and then you grow. I think that's kind of like the whole bigger picture of this whole thing is we all have to realize what we're not. We all have to die in a way, feel what we're not. And then we come back and realize what we are. And that is, that is, um, that's what we're doing. I can't explain what we are really, you know, that's, yeah. we're, we're all figuring it out together. That's the, that's the whole goal of life. That's what life is. We're just all evolving to realize what it means to be a human being. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it, man. That's what we're doing it's, here. <laughs> it's extremely, it's extremely empowering. And I'd like it. I'd love to see in the future that um, the reality more that people, you know, people have the chance in the, in the opportunity to, to do that in whichever way they feel necessary, like feel they need. Yeah. I think that's, that's what's going to happen because we're not going to have a choice. I think there's no, like in the future, like you said, I think we talked about um, you were feeling desperate before, and that's kind of the position that we're approaching. It seems to be like a sense of collective um, desperateness in our culture. Like we're just, we want something. We want that connection, but we don't, most people don't know that's what we're yearning for. And it's because we're desperate for it. And that is where we're going. Like it's not going to get any better, I don't think, unfortunately, without incorporation of these things. You know, people, I can just see it, man. Just look at the, the statistics of people that either commit suicide or have some kind of mental ailment. You know, we're just desperate for something. We're desperate for just knowing what we are, having a purpose. Like you said, I think purpose is huge to it. You know, yeah. realizing your purpose or at least creating your purpose. And that's what we're all yearning for, man. That, that And it's not, like I said, it's not going to get any better. We're moving toward a society where it's only going to get worse and worse, but we're also moving towards society on the other side of the coin that is, has, is more um, integrated with these plant medicines. And there's no, like, this is the, this is the path. This is where it's going to go. There's no going back at this point. There's, there's no alternative either, which is crazy. Like there's, I don't think we could do this whole intentional evolution thing that we're talking about, essentially healing ourselves of our ailments you know of our mental health and truly becoming happy i don't know if we could do that without psychedelics to at least quick enough it's mm -hmm. i know we could like we're all capable of it like all, we are all capable of doing meditations and yoga and eating right and getting outside and surrounding yourself with the right people and right energy but sometimes you just need a wake-up call like a quick like something like oh shit i really gotta change something and I don't know if we have enough time for everybody to do it without that wake up call, to be honest with you. So I think that the, this whole ritualistic element, like creating and integrating practices for yourself um, intentionally with the right, with the right uh, idea in mind for what you want to get out of it. I, I don't think there's any alternative at this point. Like that's the, we're, we're all, we're all approaching the, um, the shamanic, archetype 
collectively. Like the shaman is a guy, he's the medicine man, he heals himself and he heals others, right? We're all becoming the shaman at this point. And I think that's where the collective evolution is going. Like the collective, um, the collective evolution is us all becoming the medicine man and the healer for ourselves because we don't have a point. I mean, we don't have a choice at this point. This it's kind of cool. You know, it's, it's a, it's that, that element that what I was talking about before the, the element of that spiritualism that we're missing that we lost track of it's the shaman. We don't have shamans anymore. You know, we don't have anybody that can, you can, that lives outside of the village and you go see him and he heals you. We don't have that. It's that, it's like the magic. We're missing the magic in our life. Like where'd the magic go? We don't have that anymore. Well, now the magic's coming back and the magic allows us to heal, like truly heal at a deeper spiritual level, like deep rooted in our mind. It's here, man. The magic is here and it's spreading and it starts in each and every one of us. And then once you get a little little uh, taste of the magic, a little taste of the magic sauce, uh, it's it's like a superpower. Like you said, I like how you said it's empowering because it, it does. It gives you like a sense of like just this weird invigorating energy that I never really felt before that I know that I am living the hero's journey. You know, like Oliver said, it's it's um, re being reborn as the main character in the movie being reborn as the hero being reborn as luke skywalker and we're all luke skywalker that's the thing and that's kind of where we're all moving toward a world where 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 we there's a lot more luke skywalkers on earth <laughs> there's a lot more people that have that. that that consciousness of they are the one but it's not like a selfishness you know it's not like i'm the one man i'm the messiah no yeah like i that. I think a good thing is like, do it for yourself as opposed to others. Cause when you do it for yourself, others will benefit and, and get and cherish from you doing it for yourself. I mean, yeah. For yourself and not hurting anybody else. That's the thing. Right. Like that statement can kind of sound selfish, but I think that's the most important thing is, is everybody that's connected to you is, you know, connected to you and it, within you in a way. So like, if you can try to do your best and do it for yourself, then, the people around you that you care about and love are going to reap that those benefits for sure man yeah for sure yeah ramdas says uh he had a saying in one video i watched uh the, the best thing that i can do for you is work on myself and the best thing that you can do for me is work on yourself mm-hmm. that's summing it up bro because I, I can't i can't change anybody by what i say there's nothing that I can say. If somebody really wants to change, maybe yeah, they'll approach me and I can give them some advice. But if you don't want to change deep down, there's nothing which way that I can put my words or you know write a letter to you or whatever it is, try to convince you that you need to change, um, or and like you know truly truly embrace what you are. There's nothing that I could say there's no convincing that I could do. But when you truly work on yourself, it goes, people will notice that people will, if you know, it will rub off on people. Like if you if you're out there saying like, hey, man, it's all about love. We all just got to love each other. You got to get on your grind, you got to do your thing, people are just not going to listen. You know, you could try and say it. But if you make these changes in your life, 
to better your being, your energy is just going to change. Like that unconscious communication is going to be there and people will notice. Yeah. And it may take a very long time or it may not take so long, but if you know it in your heart that you're doing the right thing, then, you know, give it time, give it time to, to come to fruition. And and Mm -hmm. because yeah, I mean, change takes time. It really does. And it's it's more frustrating too. Oh, for sure. Cause like you want to help other people, but you know, like you got to help yourself. Yeah. You have to Yeah, like preach it or really do much at all, except just be, be it yourself. Mm -hmm. And that can be challenging to do. Yeah. Right. Because once you reach a point of oneness and you see that everybody else is yourself in a way at a deeper level, it's like, I just want to help everybody else. I wish I could help everybody that's suffering all seven and a half, 7.6, 7.7 billion people all over. That's all me and we're all suffering. So I wish I could just tell them everybody it's going to be all right and just to chill out, but it's not that simple. You know, just, it's going to be all right, guys, just chill out. Just do your own thing. You know, do you, you know, try to create better practices. I wish I could just like say that, but you can't, man. The only thing is like a magnetic effect almost like, yeah push it onto someone and then they kind of go back they don't want it yeah that's a little so mm. you can't you can't do it. you just got to bring it in and then it's like a magnet it'll just yeah. attract others to do the i same. know what you mean yeah, yeah i know what you mean it's crazy man you can't force enlightenment <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah right you gotta walk the path and then hopefully others you know will t- take note of, take note of it they'll follow yeah you know that's the thing because if someone I is guess receptive, you're doing this. Sorry. i guess what you're you're like full youtube channel and how you're interviewing people i guess that's kind of a way of helping others right yeah i it's those know. who are open to it yeah you have to be open to it because there's a lot of people who are gonna be like, what the hell is gary talking about what dude you gotta lay off the mushrooms bro like what's going on but if you're open to it and you have your door open you know you you're a little you kind of know what's up then maybe you'll know what i'm talking about you'll get the wavelength obviously you guys kind of know what the wavelength is uh but you have to be receptive of it that's the thing you have to first you just have to know that wavelength first in order to accept it in others. Like you have to know it, know thyself first before you can know that wavelength in others and truly open up to others and know, know what the hell we're talking about in this whole conversation, essentially. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> you know? think it, I think that links back to the hero's, hero's journey. You can't, you know, I always thought, you know, I could had help solve other people's problems, but like, that's just not true. And that's really hard to accept, but, you know, working on oneself, that is the way to help other people. It's, uh, it's almost like paradoxical, at least it feels because it's like, in the moment, at least it feels that way, but it's so true. So yeah, it's all we can do, man. It's all we can do. Cool. Yeah. This is this is a good talk. Yeah, but I mean, we did this. Yeah, I mean, you guys got any, I think we can probably wrap it at that. We all got to do our own thing. We all just got to get our, get on our grind, you know, not even on your grind, you know, make your life this, this yeah, story. Structure it. Structure it. Make it like some kind of something that you can look forward to doing. Like make your life a story, 
you know, almost write your own book, be your own artist in a way, know that you're the creator. And uh, that means more than just creating actual art. It means literally creating good rituals for your entire human experience. We all have the power to do that. We all have the ability to do that. And nobody's going to tell you how to live your life and how to create your story and write your story. And you can't tell anybody how they should write their story. Truly, truly, um, we all know what's best for our own, our own book. <laughs> We're the only ones that can write it, essentially. Doesn't mean you can't get help from others. If you truly, you know, if you truly know that they know the way or you kind of know what they can, they, what they got going on, but truly in the, in the, the essence of it is that we all have to do it on our own accord. And it might seem a little scary at first, but we all can do it. That's what we're all here for. Remember, we're all Luke Skywalker. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, man, I think that's the way, that's the path, that's the Tao, that's where we're all going to, and we're going to make it. We're all going to, we're all going to do this together. We're all going to do it separately, but we're all going to do it together. And thus we create a better collective. But, uh, other than that, I think that's all I got to say. I think this was a cool talk. You guys got any wrapping up statements that you want to shout out to the world? Love. Love. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it that's all you need that's all love is all you need man that's it all right that's well it. <laughs> love is all you need everybody just love each other be a little bit nicer uh to each other you know and to yourself. And of yourself yeah there it is man other than that this was cool um yeah i'm gonna go think about life just meditate for a little bit after this we went to the depths man this was a cool talk yeah. Shit. Sometimes I go into these talks. I'm like, damn, it was like a time. Like I went through like this weird time warp, and like it was like a whole psychedelic experience in itself. Like when you're able to like bounce these kind of ideas off of each other, it's um it's really rare. So I mean, yeah, thank you guys for doing this. I'm really appreciative. Like you know, I I, I find a lot of enjoyment out of doing this stuff. I don't just do it just so I can put it on YouTube and other people can think I'm cool. Like I actually like doing this regularly just like truly reaching a connection with people because my day-to-day -day life i don't really reach that kind of connection other than you know with myself i meditate and that's it but this kind of connection is rare so other yes, than that i'd say you. this yeah it, it's very helpful for me and i enjoy it and i'd like to do it again in a few weeks if you're still if you're up for it for sure man definitely um yeah other than that yeah. i hope you guys uh are well until then hope you guys have a good rest of the night and yeah, peace out. All right. Thanks, Gary. Yeah.